as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Gold. And we're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today we chatted with Samuel Hewitt, the author of User Onboarding, and we learned how he was able to grow his audience from zero to over 3,000 in less than two months just by creating his own brand of unique content. And we also talked about the opportunities that came as a snowball effect of creating this kind of content. Really helpful stuff in here. I think you guys are going to love this. So we are here with Samuel Hulick. 
the UX expert who is writing a book on user onboarding. You may have seen him from some of his teardowns on Netflix and Buffer. Uh, Samuel, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you. Um, can you give us the, the backstory about how you became uh, the, an onboarding expert? Sure. Uh, so I've been a UX consultant for several years and uh, always really interested um, in aligning numbers with what I do. So taking a scientific approach and seeing actually how my recommendations turn out. Um, so looking at the kind of projects that I most like to work on, um, onboarding itself was something that really neatly lined up with different numbers as far as looking at conversion rates that uh, go from one step in the funnel to the next to the next. Um, so those kind of projects I always really liked a lot more than like, let's just make it fun or things like that. Um, so uh, basically I took that to a full-time role at a company, SaaS company, uh, where my role was uh, customer success lead. And uh, there I actually did a lot of hands-on onboarding of actually shepherding people through the process, jumping onto screen shares, doing customer interviews, really seeing where um, people were, were encountering trouble and um, feeding those insights back into the UI to scale it out for everybody's experience. And you're not doing that anymore. So what, what, um, what enabled you to kind of leave the full-time position and, and write full-time? Yep. Um, so I was uh, working a uh, full-time employee there and really had a burning desire to learn uh, about how to bring a product to market and then actually bring a product to market. So um, I wound up being able uh, to take on an apprenticeship position with Rob Walling, helping him bring his latest uh, product, which is called Drip, uh, to market and learned a whole lot over a three-month apprenticeship and uh, decided to, or was, and then it ended on December 1st. And at that point I transitioned to bringing my own product to market, which is a book on user onboarding. And what prompted you to put out your very first teardown? So uh, initially the book wasn't really about user onboarding. Um, it was about this sort of high-minded philosophical approach to UX within a company. Um, and so the title was tentatively Customer Growth. And it was about how if you align your business around improving your customers' lives, then your business will also succeed and things along those lines. Um, and I realized very quickly that I couldn't even really explain what the book was about um, without taking a few minutes. And also that nobody in the world, uh, like literally, was uh, like, you know, we've got a real problem with this esoteric concept that let's do a search and see if there's any resources out there. <laughs> um, so it was a way too vague concept. It wasn't something that people identified as their own need. Um, and, but I was like, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. I was really committed to if I'm going to start this book project I'm going to see it through because it's a real pain to, uh, to write a book. And I didn't want it to be like, you know, the novelty to wear off and for me to waste a bunch of time doing something I didn't really enjoy for nothing. So um, once again, the whole goal is to bring a product to market. Um, and instead of investing a whole lot of time in um, building a product, uh, I thought the, the area that I really wanted the expert um, experience in was the actual selling of it and growing a customer base. Um, and I thought an ebook would be kind of a shortcut to that experience. And so you kind of tested the the concept when you launched your first teardown, right? Yeah, sorry, I got totally, I got a little off track there. So yeah, so um, in order to start building up that audience, I uh, was looking at you know a, a strategy of blogging on my own um, and trying to do some guest blogging and things like that. And I realized that one of the things as a UX consultant that I really enjoyed and really thought brought a lot of value to people was um, going through their onboarding experience and um, providing 
an annotated slide deck. Uh, basically, these are areas of confusion or anxiety, or this is this works really well. This is really strong. This has an opportunity to be improved. Things like that. Um, and so I thought it would be really something that would be valuable to share. So um, I did, but at the same time, I didn't feel super comfortable uh, just re releasing something that somebody had commissioned and paid for. Um, didn't want to like air their dirty laundry, so to speak. So I uh, just picked a company at random and um, just put it out there. What's, what's really cool about this is that you ended up pivoting to be what people actually wanted, which was more closely tied to the, the onboarding, right? Yeah, so the, the first teardown that I put out was like, well, I guess this is kind of, if you squint, related to the general topic of the book. Um, and so, like I said, I just picked a company at random, and it's kind of a funny story. I chose uh, Less Accounting um, just because I like kind of liked what they were doing and wasn't super familiar with their product um, intimately, like as a user. So I thought that would be, you know, I could kind of have a fresh take on it. And um, I, I did it and put it out, like didn't reach out to anybody there. And... Uh, wasn't really sure what the reception was going to be. I didn't know if the, you know, the people behind it were going to be upset or not. Um, anyway, I, I like launched it that evening and then went to bed and I woke up the next day and there was an email from one of the co-founders in my inbox. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> he's going to be like, hey, thanks a lot for passing that by us before putting it there. Um, and uh, instead, when I clicked through, it, he was like, hey, this was super valuable for us. We've already made half the changes you recommended just this morning and we're going to do the other half later this week. Uh, if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. And I was like, wow, that's great. Um, so I was really happy to see that he got value out of it. Um, they wound up blogging, like, you know, blogging about the teardown and linking to it. Um, so that really sent me a strong signal that this was something that people would be interested in and would really get value out of. Um, and so I decided to do a follow-up one for Basecamp. Um, and that one, you know, just, I guess, cause they're much more widely known company and like also known for their, um, high design standards that, uh, that one got way more traction. Um, it was, you know, a lot more traffic and things like that. And basically at that point I was like, I should really just be focusing on onboarding itself because clearly that's something that there's a real need for. And, um, also like at that point I spun out a whole new site that was dedicated to it. Um, re redid all the two teardowns that I'd already done so I could turn them into HTML um, and then just basically pedal the metal from there. So when you started doing this, you essentially had zero audience and you put out your first teardown and went to bed. You didn't promote anything. I would, I would say like, I didn't essentially have zero audience. I literally, like <laughs> I have, have <laughs> Okay. You literally had zero audience and yeah. you spent the time to put together this teardown put it out, went to bed. Um, how did you start to build that list? Was it a hundred percent out of your hands? Just people sharing it? Did you do anything on Twitter or, um, any other channels? Like how did you start to give it a little push? Yeah, the, um, I'm, I'm really, despite the, the three month apprenticeship, I'm, I'm really not a very natural marketer. Um, I'm not very savvy in that sense. So um, the only thing that I've really done, um, which has worked really well for me, is um, posting it to Designer News. Uh, for whatever reason, the people there seem to really value it highly, and, and um, a lot of my teardowns get voted to, you know, towards the top, if not the top. You were writing on, on Medium and mm -hmm. for about eight months, which is one of my uh, favorite parts of, of your story here, is you were writing on, on, on Medium for about eight months, and you had zero audience. You start doing the onboarding. Um, things started picking up. Um, where where are you at today in terms of uh, numbers on the on the onboarding? 
Uh, as far as the email list goes, yeah, yeah. So, like, when you launch your book, what do you look? If you launched it today, what would what would you, how many people would you be sending it out to? Uh, yeah, so uh, just over three thousand at this point. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't stress enough how frustrating it was to feel like I had some good ideas, but just had nobody to listen to, or nobody to that would listen to them. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's really it was. The, the only way that I can describe it is that as soon as I represented myself as the guy who knows about onboarding instead of Samuel Hulick, then all of a sudden every, you know, I got a lot more ears. Um, and so, you know, that was something where like, I, there's a, a site called growthhackers.com, I think the, the Sean Ellis sort of designer news for growth hackers. Are, are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. I've, yeah. yeah. We've posted it. there before. Yeah. Yeah, so like that's something where like I'll kind of hang out, or like I'll check things like um, Quora for like new posts on onboarding and things like that, and um, just share whatever my perspective on those are. And you know, I'm already starting to find where people are like, uh, you know, oh yeah, we should ask Sandro that. Where it's like, I was just some dude, you know, four months ago, easily. Um, and so that's been a really transformative kind of experience as well. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And there's so much you can do with that audience, um, and it's. There's so much work to get there and there's work after, um, but I, I feel like you've done a lot of the hard work to get the audience and now it's, it's that next stage of, you know, where do I take this? And it, that's really up to you. Yeah. yeah. And that's one thing working with Rob Walling, like he had the best analogy for that. And I think I've heard it from other people like Rand Fishkin too, but um, you know, having the, the difference between the hamster wheel and the flywheel, <laughs> are you guys familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah, they talked a yeah. lot about it at MicroConf last year. Yeah, so, um, you know, that's something that really speaks to me that it is, you know, a grind trying to just put these things out for free that I would, I mean, I would, any of these teardowns that I've done, if a company approached me for those, I mean, that's like 2K probably. Yeah. And so, you know, we're looking at something where I've generated what I what I guess I could have conceivably been doing for $24,000 over the course of the dozen teardowns that I've done. Um, but I'm, whatever that audience that I have is, is already worth like way more than that. I don't know. Did you see that? The, the super Mario thing? Yeah. The graphics. Yeah. So that, that got like shared like crazy. Um, and really I, I did that pretty stupidly too. Like I didn't really watermark it or things like that. And so I was, I saw it popping up in my Twitter feed from other people where like without a mention of, you know, where it came from and things like that. So um, on the one hand, I'm really glad that it really resonated with a whole lot of people. On the other hand, I probably could have capitalized that on that a lot better. I just had no idea it was going to be so popular. I didn't actually know it was you. Um, I think I saw Joel Gascon share it, mm-hmm. and I didn't know until just now that that, that was actually you. Um, uh, that was pretty brilliant, uh, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah, thanks. That, that's just something, you know, I, I kind of came up with that analogy in that while I was having a conversation with somebody, and they're like, oh, whoa. <laughs> And, you know, based on their response, I was, uh, I thought, oh, I should maybe spin this into, into some sort of content of some kind. So, um, if we, uh, if we looked at kind of the time that it takes you to create this content and Mm -hmm. the benefit, I would love to see, you know, how long does a teardown take you? Um, and what's your traffic been looking like from each one? Sure. Um, you know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to traffic, um, just because for me, the, the whole point of, of this content is, or at least the main, uh, now let me back up again. The initial reason for generating this content was building up the email list for the book. And so that's really the thing where, you know, you kind of hear about like vanity metrics and things like that. 
Um, obviously, I want to make sure that traffic is converting at a pretty decent rate, but I don't spend a whole lot of time um, obsessing over how much one one teardown, uh, how much traffic one teardown got versus another, things like that. Really, I just basically look at um, the email signups that that they generate. So, um, generally speaking, uh, an e a teardown will take me about five to seven hours to do, all told. Um, I'll usually split it out over like. Um, go through the experience and make personal notes uh, one night and then like the next morning actually create the slide deck and publish it to the site. Um, so that takes about five to seven hours and I, I guess I've done about a dozen. So whatever that is, to, you know, uh, 30 or 3000 divided by 12. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you mentioned that you're putting together slide decks for each one of these. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything that you've picked up? I know we talked with, uh, Gregory Ciotti a while back and he had some tactics on SlideShare or speaker deck on how to get content out and get it boosted up to the front page of there where it can do amazing if you do it right. Is there anything mm -hmm. that you've picked up from him or other people in terms of promoting that content outside of Twitter and designer news um, to do well within the, uh, the sites that you host them on? Yeah, good question. Um, so the the first two, less accounting and Basecamp, I did um, as slide. I, I uploaded them to SlideShare, and was kind of hoping that there would be sort of like a medium like effect where um, it would sort of promote it for me. Um, and I found that like I even subscribed to the Pro package and you know was looking into the analytics and things like that. And ultimately, you know, maybe I didn't position it correctly or use that channel, you know, like in a very smart way. Um, but the trade-off just wasn't really worth it for me. And kind of in the, in the same sense, medium, where um, you just have so little control over uh, adding a sign-up form at the end of a blog post or at the end of a slide, share, a slide deck or things like that, where I thought, you know, if I'm going to be having to manually um, market these things or promote them, then I might as well be doing them on my own terms and building up my own kind of SEO credits um, or uh, reputation and, and also just having that fine control over this is the experience that I want to provide for people and this is how I want to time my ask or CTAs or things like that. So how do you do them now? Uh, yeah, so um, I actually was uh, um, initially hung my, sh my shingle out as a developer before I became a UX uh, designer. And so I um, fortunately um, am pretty proficient with, with uh, coding stuff. So um, basically, it's just a series of images that I, I created a, um, some jQuery custom code for to, uh, to be able to flip through. Nice. So uh, where can we find these teardowns on the web? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Useronboard.com, kind of like user onboarding, but that was already taken. So just without the ING. <laughs> Useronboard.com. Awesome. Um, so Thank you so much for, for joining us here and sharing your experience uh, marketing content online. Um, everyone should go to useronboard.com, sign up, sign up for the book. Um, any timeline on the book that you're uh, that we can expect? It? Uh, not soon enough. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm definitely looking, you know, sometime in the next month, hopefully. Oh, wow. Awesome. Um, well, we'll, uh, we'll stay tuned to that email list then. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sam. Happy, jolly, raunchy rapper.
take that bump for he three P. Chance hole, I said, cruising on that LSD. Ask Joseph about my deal, he look back, say, hell yeah, let's see. This shit my favorite song, you just don't know the words, but I still fuck with you. You just ain't never heard. It go like count that stack, pop that captain down that jack. All my niggas hit that zip, and all my ladies got that bitch. It's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam, it's my jam.